HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. For more information, visit www.rt11.com. Today's program is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum, and I love to talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. If you're just tuning in for the first time, all of the previous episodes of Feast Your Ears can be found at the archives of heritageradionetwork.org. I'm thankful for listeners like you, and I'd like it if you'd leave me a review wherever you find this podcast. My guest today, we'll jump right in, is Maddie Matheson. Maddie, thank you so much for joining me here today on this rainy Monday, Columbus Day in the studio in, uh, in Bushwick. Most of you listening to this network, I'm sure, know who Maddie is. Uh, he is the host on Viceland of Dead Set on Life. It's supper time. Keep it Canada. He's the author of a new wonderful cookbook that comes out tomorrow called Maddie Matheson, a cookbook. I have a copy sitting here. Uh, and uh, he's the chef at Parts and Labor in Toronto. No. No, no not anymore. No, I left like a year ago. Oh, well, you were the chef. I was the chef. Okay. <laughs> Who's the chef now? Uh, ben Dakin. Oh, sorry, Ben. Good guy. If you're ever in New York, Ben, I'd love to have you on the show. Ben's great. You well, Maddie, <laughs> th- thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, man. Um, so, you know, you have, we were talking a little bit before the show, you have managed to create a career out of being you. And yeah. you have gotten a lot of notoriety out of that. And I feel like there are people who become famous because they're celebrities, right? And they play other people on TV. And yeah. they kind of get to be themselves, but not always, right? People get... Yeah. So, I mean, Jeff Goldblum is always going to be the fly. Jeff Goldblum <laughs> will always be the fly. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I think that um, from day one, 
I was just being me. Yeah. And uh, the shows and the internet stuff and all that stuff did well enough that it got me to a certain point and now I'm in a position of I can just be me. Yeah. Luckily, you know, like I think it's it's like there is a person like a lot of people like a lot of people come up to me and they're like, why aren't you yelling? I'm like, because I'm standing here talking to you. <laughs> right. I'm not like on camera yelling about some fucking stupid food thing. Sure. And it's just um, that's the one annoying thing where people are like, do something crazy. I'm like, what have I ever done to actually something crazy? Right. Actually, like that's yeah. the thing that I think I'm like, I'm just kind of loud and have a personality. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think anything is crazy or like uh, hectic. I don't know. I'm just me, man. And I think it, 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 it's uh, I'm just excited right now that I can um, kind of just be me and always kind of be me. And if people uh, don't like that, that's fine. If people like that, that's chill. I mean, I commend you for it. I, w- I was watching. Uh, I remember watching the, the Keep It Canada episode where you're up and you're playing golf in the beginning and you're with your friend who's oh, got the New barbecue Brunswick. place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you go and you guys kill a lamb. And that's yeah. like not I mean. Like if when people come up to you on the street and they say do something crazy, like yeah. that's not crazy. That's intense, and it's something that yeah, you do, and it's something that you'd never done before. Yeah, it was really intense. I've never uh, slaughtered an animal of that size. Like that was like probably a hundred and twenty pound lamb, yeah. and uh, that like it was real. Yeah, no, I mean, you, and I you commend know? you for that. I mean, that's yeah. you know that the show has those things where I guess what you know the the parts that people think of i guess is like you know you're a guy who in the past was known for your partying and you're covered in tattoos and you're a big personality Mm. and you guys go out on his boat and you shoot a shotgun for the first time and you're doing all these fun stuff the things that are firsts but that's also what life is about right Mm. like i went swimming this morning in a pond in rhode island it's the first time i've ever been swimming in october right like that's a first that's a good first but you're doing those things in front of the camera because you can and yeah. you have the opportunity to go visit your friends and sort of do those things. But they're not all crazy. No, they aren't crazy. And that's the thing. I always find it very funny. I don't know. I just think that maybe that shows how boring everything is. <laughs> that I'm the crazy. If I'm the crazy one, I'm like, motherfuckers better get out there on TV and start doing some shit. Because there's a lot of amazing people out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just find it really funny that I'm like... I'm like the wild card. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I, I think that, I think that it's, uh, I mean, it's good that you're out there doing that stuff. And I think it's, it's great that you have a platform to, you know, present, I mean, in all honesty, like to me as an American, right. Yeah. All these things about Canada that I never would have known about. I mean, that's yeah. really cool. And well, that's I don't a, think Americans know a lot about a lot of things. Well, we don't know a lot about anything. <laughs> ultimately. We really but y'all don't. Do. I mean, today's <laughs> called Columbus day, right? It shouldn't be. I no. mean, it's some pretty dark shit. Columbus is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped on the way down here and showed our kids the Narragansett Indian Church this right. morning there you uh, go. and talked about the Narragansett Indian tribe right. in Rhode Island. There you go. Talk about, like, look, at here's what here's what Columbus did. Yeah, kids. took it. They took yeah. it. They took it all. And now we're here yep. on a radio station. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the, the TV shows a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, where do you guys film at supper time? It's Supper Time was filmed in a food... We it's built, just a studio? Yeah, it's just a yeah. studio. Uh, we built it. Literally, um, our only reference, I was just like, I want it to look like, you know, and this will sound shitty now because Roseanne's a racist idiot, And but I was just like, <laughs> I just want it to look like, you know, Roseanne's kitchen. Right. Just like a normal, yeah. like the kitchen I grew up in, like linoleum floors, just like kind of gaudy. Yep. Um, 
you know, like a working class kind of kitchen, sure. a little bright because it needs to be a little bit light. And um, yeah, like that was it. And we just shot it like in Toronto yeah. in a food studio. Uh, we built it. It's just, you know, three walls. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it, I mean, and it, and it comes off that way. I mean, to be perfectly honest, it reminded me of what it must have been like when people first started watching Julia Child, because yeah. she's in. She was in her kitchen essentially, mm-hmm. and the set was effectively a copy of her kitchen. Yeah, and it was just her cooking, and she screwed stuff up. She dropped things on the floor, and she was really trying to make it accessible. I think to people who weren't really cooking at home, although her focus was French yeah. cooking, right? But I love that you are trying to get people to understand that, like even if you don't have like the fresh tomatoes growing in your garden, mm. you should still be making your tomato sauce instead yeah, of buying I think it. people need to cook. Of course. I just, I, I think the biggest, and I've said this kind of before, like my brothers, you know, I got two brothers and a sister and my brothers don't know how to fucking cook. And that freaks me out kind of. And it always did where like, I would like when I went to cooking school, like in 2000, uh, I would go and visit my brothers. They live together in a house. And I would go there and, like, they would eat cereal. And I'm just like, because they don't know how to fucking cook. And right. I was just like, and that kind of spooked me out. And I and I just think that we need food. And I think it's it brings me such, like, joy and happiness to cook food. And it's literally, there's not a lot of honest things in the world. And I think food is one of those things that builds self-esteem and builds character and you can share that with people and it's it's not easy but if you do it enough you'll get good at it and you'll just get and i the thing that i always say too is like everyone needs like a just a few of your own little dishes that you can make and you got those things and you make you feel really good like you're like oh i make this one refried bean dish i i make this one lasagna i make this one salad i make a salad dressing even as simple as that and, and, like, that person knows that they can do something well. And I think that cooking is a really great platform to build self-esteem and character. And I think, like, that shit goes a long way. And um, I don't know. I just love I, – I just truly love food. So what led you down the path of cooking and them down the path of cereal? <sighs> well, there's no path of cereal. Cereal <laughs> could suck my dick. But the, the – um, no, like, the path of food was it, – it, like – I paint this kind of romantic picture in my cookbook of like my grandfather having a restaurant and growing up and going there and like seeing restaurants at a very young age and sleeping in like the booths of the, you know, like the old soda pop shop and waking up early because they would open up at 6 a.m. for truckers and, um, you know, having this amazing experience with restaurants from a very early age. But I never thought of it as a restaurant. It was just Grampy's house kind of thing, you know, it's just the Blue Goose. And, um... And then I never really thought about food. I never cooked a lot. We always had good food growing up. Um, it was just going the the 